Highway 101 from San Jose to Salinas. That is clear as well. Your Central Coast forecast for the Monterey Bay for the rest of this afternoon. Sunny skies high expected of 77 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, looking for an overnight low of 54 degrees. Tomorrow, more sunny skies, high expected of 72. It's going to warm up and be sunny throughout the rest of the week. Right now, outside the KSEO studios, it is 75 degrees. Now, stay tuned. It's time for China Uber Alice on KSCO. Well, it's Thursday again. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Bill Graff, along with Nan Su and uh, Amy Howe, and this is our program all about China. All about China, Bill. You're right. How are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a wonderful day here in Santa Cruz. It turned into a very nice day. Uh, Amy is uh, joining us uh, from her undisclosed location. Uh, how, is, how is the weather there? Nice today, huh? It's about 85, and uh, was inside it was 75. Very comfortable. Nice. So good. That it's good. That it's good. So uh, we're going to have a few subjects we're going to discuss today. Uh, number one, we are going to discuss the two speeches, one uh, from uh, President Trump and another one from China's President Xi. They both spoke to the UN 75th uh, Annual Assembly. Um, and also we're going to talk about uh, there's a California judge uh, from the federal court, and she actually issued an injunction to block the Trump executive order of to, to ban the WeChat. And that's our second discussion. And also later in the uh, later hour of the today's program, we are going to have a special guest, Jiang Xie, who is the president of Love Taiwan Association in Northern California. Since we had a, a good discussion about U.S.-Taiwan relationship last program, so we're going to have this special guest to talk about the historical status of Taiwan itself and the history of U.S.-Taiwan relation. But before we start all that, we're going to start a mini-series from today. We're going to talk about Amy, one of our hosts, Amy House. Amy Howe has very um, distinctive and very unique perspective on China. And um, we thought uh, we, we would uh, start off each of our programs with a, a remembrance that Amy has uh, of her her life in China and and how that went and uh, yes uh, today we're going to uh, talk about Amy's experience of up to the mountain and down to the village movement that's a movement between 1968 to 78 total 11 years so first of all I let me give you a little background information about that movement uh, in 1966 uh, Chairman Mao <coughs> 
because his power struggle with the second man, uh, second power, most powerful man in China, that was the President Liu Shaoqi at that time, and, <clears throat> and because of the power struggle, he decided to start a cultural revolution in China 1966. Uh, it initially started on May 16th, 1966, by an announcement by, made by Chinese Communist Central Committee, and it wasn't the, the whole country countrywide chaos and revolution uh, didn't really start until August 8 when the Central Ch uh, Chinese Communist Committee issued an official start of uh, a cultural revolution. And guess what happened? Uh, in October of 1966, they start, they closed all the schools pretty much. They call um, joining the revolution so all the uh, middle school and high school kids uh, went on the street joining uh, some of the uh, elementary school kids too went to the street and joining the revolution and what they did was they destroyed all the traditional uh, statues, you know, the statues have been there hundreds of years, they destroyed them, tore them down and they uh, destroyed the temples because that's a part of the feudal culture. They also destroy all the foreign, you know, uh, religious churches in China, uh, like Christian churches, and uh, no, no, I'm sorry, not Christian churches, uh, Catholic churches. Um, and then they also um, burn all the books related to the tradition, like what you saw in uh, World War II Nazi, right? So they burn all the books and and they travel from place to place to spread the cultural revolution. Uh, now, <clears throat> of course, uh, everywhere they go, you know, transportation, hotel, uh, all offer free for them because you don't offer, f you, if you charge them, you are anti-revolution. So uh, by the end of 1967, that's more than a year later, uh, China, uh, Chairman Mao, clearly held the upper hand in the power struggle. So he decided to quiet down and start uh, to get this chaos nationwide under his control. So they issued a different order in December of 67 called Return School Revolution. So everything is under revolution, right? They closed the school for revolution. When you return school, it's called Return School Revolution. But it's hard, you know, when you send the kids out there. Uh, well, you take them away from home and everything else. Right. Everything right. they know. Right? So basically, it's hard to push the kids back to the school. So they, they actually didn't uh, return to the normal school operation until later part of 68. Now, Chairman Mao all of a sudden facing a huge problem because in 66, 67, 68, China had a f more than 4 million students graduate from high school. So all these high school students, they cannot go to college for continue, continuation of their education because all the college and universities still closed. They don't have a job opportunity because uh, if not most, but at least half of the factories still closed because of workers. They are still fighting on the street for revolution. This is, they are still part of the revolution, although they start pushing the kids back to school. So there's no, nobody hiring. 
So how to how to deal with all these kids? So this is how Chairman Mao started his mandated the mandated program of uh, called up to the mountain, down to the village movement. Basically, all the students graduated from the high school will be sent to the countryside. Now, of course, you know uh, one thing that. Uh, Communist Party is always good at it to make things politically correct. You know, they're not going to tell the kids, oh, you're going to go there to the countryside and dig in the holes on the earth day in and day out, right? They're not going to say that. So what they say is a very politically correct way and even romantic. Even romantic because revolution in a lot in a lot of people's minds is very romantic. So they say, well, you're going to go to the far and away land under the vast sky and you're going to make the dirt all over your body while you're cultivating a shining red heart. It's like, a, you know, reading the poems. But however, the real life, it's not romantic at all. So I'm going to stop here. I'm going to uh, have Amy to talk about her life ex experience. So, hey, Amy, which year you actually graduated? Hi, uh, I was uh, supposed to be graduate uh, 1968, but since 66, they stopped the school. And uh, so was no graduation. Uh, day is supposed to be, you know, in China the, for the high school, six years. So three years for junior high and three years for senior high. So they have uh, two graduations, and uh, but uh, we never make uh, that. So 1969, they just send us down. And um, to call the up to mountain, down to village, just send us away. And uh, I was sent away very far away, about 3,000 miles from Shanghai to Yunnan province. That's um, a very, there is a very primitive uh, province. A lot of areas are very primitive. People live yeah, in a very primitive style. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like the jungle, like a Amazon jungle, like a very primitive or malaria. That's that's near Myanmar, right? Is that near? Uh, yeah, Myanmar. Yeah, yeah, Burma. At that time we call, and uh, so um, interesting enough is uh, I think uh, Nan and Billy, you must remember when you were a kid, you read about the story of one nine Arabian. Yes. Right. Arabian night, 1001. Right. So I think I have a 109 of a Chinese nightmare. The story I can tell. Wow. So uh, that's why we have this uh, mini series for you. Yeah. I don't know where do I begin. I think... Uh, Start from the day you leave. Start from the day you left home. Your, your voice yeah, is last broken. Year, that last year, uh, 2050. Is that very good? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, we can uh, now. Now it's better. Oh, better? Yes. I don't know that. No, it sounds okay now. Not very good. Okay. And um, um, 2019 is 50th anniversary and for the, the movement. 
uh, up to mountain, down to village more. But we started uh, with uh, uh, 1969. So can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Clear? Yes. Okay, that's good. So the uh, Chinese government, CCP government, tried to make a big celebration. Celebrate? So, to celebrate uh, what? Celebrate the movement. Boy. Celebrate the cultural revolution, especially the movement. So they want us to write the memoir <sighs> and to uh, talk about the period. So the message is that uh, we never regret what we did. So you never regret Yeah. Boy. Yeah, that, that's the message. Never regret your you spend your use in those uh, countryside and the labor camp. So they want us to write that that's the message. So, so anyway, um, we get a couple of reunions before that. And when, every time uh, I went back to China, so we are the first group, but thousand kids sent out in Shanghai and to the Burma and March 2nd. It's first group is thousand people. And uh, we all reunion a couple of times, you know. And uh, uh, so so we we contact each other. So they, they sent me a mess email, said that they, the propaganda department wanted to have a, a publish a book. And everybody had to talk about the story. And everybody said you, you never yeah. regret. You know, that's a message. I didn't know about it. So I said, fine. So, uh, you know, I saw that maybe uh, something changed, whatever. So I wrote a, a very short story and only about half a page. And then uh, I sent it to, by the email and uh, in our group. So they, they read it. So they uh, they like it. So some people told me, say that the moment, you know, uh, the day I... A describer that they were leaving March second that day, and they didn't cry, they didn't uh, remember uh, what they did. But after reading they, they started crying. So even that time they didn't share the tears. But then after reading, so I thought that was uh, successful. So I say, okay, so you think it is good? So just send it to the uh, editor. You know, the book they're gonna publish, and then you know what happened. So they send me, send me an email back. They say that well, um, yes, we can publish your article, the story, but that you had to change, and we had to edit. I say, well, what? For instance, you say that you mentioned that uh, Mao mentioned the Communist Party, and then especially <laughs> the last sentence, couple of sentences. You know, I want to read it right now. I just uh, translated it to English because I read it in Chinese, of course. I say, on the, the end, I say, on the other shore of the ocean, I sincerely pray that the era of forcing you to tell lies and to do things against your heart is gone forever. We no longer needed to bear the humiliation to hate the per people. We love the most. And they said this, uh, that has to completely change. I said, well, that's just as I pray for that, right? And that's what I, I think. And uh, I saw that we're changing. It's 
tell the lie, tell the things against you, how we're gone forever. And they say, well, we had to rewrite this. That's not a good message. We had to say something like that. But that's your personal story from your heart, right? That's right. So I said, well, you know, I just wanted to tell the truth because if we don't tell now, it's nobody will. So it just disappeared, buried. So well, what's our the... next generation they don't know about anything. And what yeah. was the rest of the story? Uh, you, you you read about your the, 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 those things that the, the yeah, communist it, propaganda didn't like. What was the rest of the story? Yeah, you want me to read it? A little bit. You have time? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I just said, it's very short, actually. I just try, you know, I don't know what the status they are becoming, you know. I saw that they're changing that. I have a little freedom of speech, right? So basically, my principles, I want to tell the truth. Every word I wrote is the truth. That was it. So now I read about it. Memory of March 2nd. If life and death are the only way in life, then March 2nd, 1969, was my first experience. Shanghai in March is still cold in spring. I remember that. I got up very early that day and hurried out before the dawn. My brother and cousin take me to the train station. My poor parents only can say farewell to me in the entrance of the alien. Under the dim street light, without the hugging or kissing, I hurriedly moved, waved goodbye to them coldly. Suddenly, my hand touched my father's. He stuffed me a, a paper, and I still remember his hand as cold as ice, but the paper money in his palm still remains retains his body temperature. I didn't dare to touch his gaze, only heard his grieving voice. Mom and the dad, I'm sorry. Those 10, ten yuans, the money, are not enough to buy a quarter of the train tickets for you to come home. How I can, how I wanted to hug them and the cry and how I wanted to say to them, please, I promise to come back alive. But at that time, I was like a mentally ill patient with a dual personality. What I heard was another sacred voice say, the heaven and the earth are not as great as the kindness of the party. And the parents are not as good as Chairman Mao. My mouth was moving, but I didn't say what I wanted to say. I remember was say something political slang, like uh, being far away from home, and the, but the close to the Chairman Mao. I haven't dared to look back after crossing the road. I couldn't help but look back. My parents were still standing under the straight line. Their weak figures trembling in the cold wind. Fifty years has passed, and my parents have passed away. But this scene, just like a black and white faded photo, stay in my memory. At the train station, 
when the steam ran and the wheels started, the crying of 1,000 kids and the five to 6,000 family members were drawn in the deafening sound of the gongs and the drums. This strange mixed noise also stays in my eardrum forever. On the other shore of the ocean, I sincerely pray that the era of forcing you to tell lies and do things against your heart is gone forever. I'm going to need to bear the humiliations to hate the people the most. So that, that's the story. I don't like this. You know, the last, uh, you know, Amy, when I, when I read the English version of the text of this, uh, when, when I got this the other uh, day, um, I have to tell you, I, I really couldn't think of anything else for quite a while. This is... Uh, this is your life, but um, in all honesty, I can't imagine myself in a similar situation. I really can't. So um, every time we hear one of these uh, one of these stories at the beginning of our show, <laughs> I uh, I am going to be uh, amazed. I just know it. Um, uh, that's a that's quite a memory that you you managed to read without. Uh, breaking up I, I don't think i could have pulled that off actually yeah that's uh that's a story that's shared by uh millions of people who went through the cultural revolution yeah and uh, one thing that americans do not understand is when we chinese americans uh, who talk about all this communist life experience uh, the americans often see that we laugh we laugh. It's not funny, but you, you Americans sometimes see we laugh. You know, it's painful when you heard the story itself. It's painful, but when we when we casually talk about it, we laugh about it, and people don't don't know why. It's 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 really because when you if you put yourself in it's the a coping position, mechanism. No, it's not just coping. It's a coping, but also because when you look back at your own life, you just see yourself. Your life being put in such a tremendous, uh, tremendously ridiculous joke. It's it's a complete joke that you are part of it. You just couldn't believe it. Sometimes yeah. you just couldn't control yourself about just laughing. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, that's uh, our uh, mini series. So we're going to uh, come back after the commercial to talk about the two speeches made by the President Trump and President Xi. Hi, it's Charlie from the Garden Company Nursery, and I'm happy to report that we are open for business. Of course, for the safety of employees and customers, in compliance with county protocols, feast coverings are required and social distance must be maintained. Also note that for now, we're not accepting cash for payment. But you can feel free to wander through our great selection of herbs, vegetables, bedding plants, flowering perennials, shrubs, vines, and fruit trees. Select a colorful ceramic pot for your patio, a whimsical sculpture for your garden, or choose a lush houseplant to add life to any room. Let us help you rediscover the healing satisfaction of enhancing the beauty of your home sanctuary. We have all the organic soils, fertilizers, and earth-friendly pest controls to help you succeed and maintain the health of your garden oasis. 
Get out of the house and visit us at The Garden Company, 2218 Mission Street, across from Safeway on the west side of Santa Cruz. We're now open every day from 9 to 4.30, including access to our surprising gift shop. I'm Jim Chubb with Pacific Inland, our NMLS 361091. If you're interested in buying or refinancing, I suggest you take advantage of my reliable expert advice. I'm at 818-7700. I help you make informed mortgage choices with zero selling. See my Sunday column in the Sentinel. We have a 30-year fixed at 3.375 APR with no closing costs. Some restrictions apply. Call me, 818-7700 for individual pricing. That's 818-7700. Rush. We have a group of people that are literally running the Democrat Party invisibly. And they're getting away with telling the American people that their standard bearer is a moderate, traditional Democrat. That's not who's running the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is being run by the same people that love Black Lives Matter and Antifa. The people that have put Joe Biden up are running a fraud. Rush Limbaugh, 9 to noon, weekdays, right here on KSCO. back on China Uber Alice and uh, we want to uh, thank all of you for listening today uh, you know uh, this program uh, is sort of uh, part educational part uh, personal and uh, I think we get uh, points across uh, very well when we when we inject our own personality into what we know about things or don't know about things and I I think I'll be uh, Remembering Amy's uh, first res uh, reflection uh, for years. <laughs> it's just. Uh, Thank you, Billy. I, I, I that that is just profound for me. Uh, in fact, I'm um, I'm actually going to uh, take this copy of the English translation of what Amy wrote in Chinese years ago, and uh, and show it to my wife, just to get her reaction because I think she's going to react exactly like I did. I just don't understand how. Well, I do understand what they were trying to do. I understand that they were trying to change the country and turn it uh, into what it has become. But at what cost? Oh, that's uh, that's the cost of humanity, basically. And uh, we're going to continue our uh, our discussion today to talk about uh, the two speeches made by China's president and our president uh, to the UN 75th Assembly. Uh, that was Tuesday. Um, so basically, as a sh uh, as a short summary, uh, China's president uh, offered no apology to the uh, uh, for causing to cover up the information and causing the global pandemic. No apology at all. And but however, he talked about the multilateralism, globalized world economy, Paris Agreement on climate change, as well as um, he said uh, as a lesson from the pandemic. Then they, he talked about the needs of improving the United Nations capacity as a globalized world management. System. That's what uh, President Xi talked about, and President Trump uh, was really straightforward, and he talked about 
The United Nations shall hold China accountable for the pandemic uh, because they cover up the information, they mislead the the, uh, the international and World Health Organization to believe that uh, it's low capacity of infection, uh, and also they while they keep Wuhan city locked down, they opened um, the air fly from Wuhan and let all the infected people fly to everywhere around the world. And also, uh, President Trump talked about American exceptional environment protection versus China's environmental disaster. And he also talked about Americans' leadership on freedom and human rights. And also, and he talked about uh, many uh, the results of many America peace effort such as uh, Serbia Kosovo uh, peace treaty and the treaty between Israel and two Arab Arabian nations as well as the coming peace in Afghanistan so um, there's a lot of controversy and uh, someone said uh, President Trump uh, uh, someone criticized President Trump's speech someone criticized uh, uh, China's President Xi's speech uh, which one you agree with? This is our question today uh, for the discussion purpose. Which one you actually believe? Uh, if you actually listened and heard both sides of the speech at the UN Assembly. Um, this is So if you uh, believe you want to express your opinion please call us uh, which one you believe is right and also for your own information for your own information as we just talked about earlier uh, up to the mountain down to the village uh, movement in china xi jinping himself xi jinping himself himself was a part of that movement he was born in 1953 so he was 16 years old when he was uh, 69 and his father was jailed because of the communist party's internal power struggle so he was also sent to this uh, uh, re-education program yes i was gonna say that yeah i, I think that he's sneaking out of there and back home and also arrested the yeah, he arrested. Well, he was yeah. sent back, right? But yeah. however, yeah. it's a surprise that you can. Uh, it's it's a surprise uh, how the same kind of experience will shape different people's life. You see, for Amy, how she went out of China, she was searching for freedom. She, because she learned from her own life experience, she wants freedom. She doesn't like that system. But for President Xi, it was a totally different result. And he actually, after the end he of the Cultural Revolution, yeah. yeah, he actually... He, he, he believed everything Mao did. Yeah, right. he it actually... The only, only way to, to, do, to control the country, to lead, uh, to stay in power, basically, is had to follow the Mao. See, the, instead of us, uh, like uh, uh, Amy, she's searching for freedom. Now, President Xi, after the Cultural Revolution, in 2002, he went back to have his PhD in Marxism and political education. That's what his PhD uh -huh. was about. <laughs> so, you see, you yeah. see dif different people get different ideas from the life experience. You know, I find it interesting that, um, that Amy uh, towed the line did did mm -hmm. what she was told and when she had the opportunity left yes to seek mm -hmm. to seek freedom he was sort of 
for lack of a better term, kind of a juvenile delinquent. He escaped. He went back. He broke the rules, uh, mm -hmm. Xi Jinping. But later, mm -hmm. now he's now he's in charge. Yeah. So I find yeah. it somewhat ironic that the one who mm -hmm. who followed the rules and and did what she was told until she had an opportunity to leave, then she left. But this guy started out fighting the rules, fighting the the re, the education, the re-education and all of that, but he ends up being mm -hmm. the, the president of China. And he totally re-educated. He was brainwashed totally, basically. he Now he's really following the path of Chairman Mao. Yeah, so yeah some, some way it's worse, even worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. see, I think so too. Yeah. Hey, Amy, did you find it interesting? Because I noticed one glaring fact about both the Chinese uh, president's speech and our own president's speech to the United Nations, the one thing they had in common, they were not mm -hmm. at the United Nations. Both presidents yeah. spoke Virtual. virtually. Yes. I find mm -hmm. that... What do you think about that? I, th I, I find well, that fascinating that neither one thought it was important enough to show up at the building. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's a, that's a very good way to remind all the uh, world leaders, uh, either in the assembly and at the assembly or somewhere around the world joining the assembly by the virtual connection, uh, who actually caused this pandemic and how it happened. I, I think that it's a very good reminder uh, mm -hmm. Uh, this is actually a uh, uh, United Nations decision yeah. uh, to make a virtual uh, assembly this year. So all the leaders around the world, they were just, they're going to just stay home. They're going to make their speech pre-recorded <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because of the pandemic. I, th I think there's less impact, though, when it's pre-recorded. Yeah, of course. I really think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the the content of the speech. So, uh, Amy, w w did you read the speech from both presidents? Yes, I did. Uh, but I think uh, basically my opinion that Xi Jinping just wanted to tell the world, you know, now the Americans start uh, China bash and blame us for everything. So that's a message. I read. That's what he's talking about. Then he's talking about other things, you know, you know, just not really uh, whether it's not really get to the point. Other things he talk about, yeah. uh, just just tell everybody. See, see that you know, Americans started, you know, and to bring China back. We did everything wrong, so bring China. So that's why he tried to say that. I so, think. Bill, what do you think? Well, I, I agree with Amy, but I, but I have to say this. Um, the Chinese uh, president's speech, at least the translation that I read, was very um, well-crafted and very uh, flowery and very... Uh, Phony. Phony. That's a good way. <laughs> so let's you get read, to the point. You read the president uh, of um, uh, the United States' speech, and it's way shorter and to that the does. point. Yep. Now, now, you know, our president is known for being direct and sometimes says things, you yeah, know, in a, in a, in a, in a, that makes people upset because of the way he's so direct. 
But in this particular case, I think the American president made his point of view known in a much better way. I mean, the, look, you can't, sugar, you can't sugarcoat the facts. Yeah, straightforward point out. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, as much as the Chinese president wants to shy away from uh, the truth... Uh, and cook and sugarcoat it and and couch it in lots of nice rhetoric. Um, I I think the world got the point of view, the two points of view, pretty well. I think I think those other leaders in the United Nations, when they heard both speeches, are, they're not stupid people. They, they you know, if the translations were correct, but, but, uh, they got the point. The, some of the poor countries they bought by China. Well, because they uh, gave you, the money. Yeah, even they were they were bored by China. They they have their own people suffer. This is, uh, pandemics right now, it's all over the world. More than one hundred eighty eight countries. So if they have their own people suffer, they, I mean, they 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 will think about it, right? They will think about it. Like, look at the look at the. I'm looking at the words from China's President Xi, and here's what he said. He said. Uh, Facing the virus, we should enhance solidarity and get this through together. And we shall, we should follow the guidance of science, give full play of the leading role of the World Health Organization, which under their control, and launch a joint international response to beat this pandemic. Any attempt, this is this is the bottom line. Any attempt of politicizing the issue or stigmatization must be rejected. So he he's he's trying to stop people's voice of criticizing his government. That's what he's trying to I'll, do. Oh, found out the truth. That's right. How and that's right. Yeah. You know, it, I, I find it I found it very interesting. Also, I don't know if you saw or or or, or read uh, the transcript of the president of Russia's address. Mm -hmm. It was very short, very to the point, and mm -hmm. very. Uh, at least on the surface, it it sounded as though he said, "Look, uh, this whole thing's a bad thing. It's unfortunate, but we we are here. Uh, if the rest of the world needs us, we are here to help. With we we have been working on our own vaccines that seem to be working fairly well in the trials we've run. If the rest of the world needs help, here we are. And I'm thinking to myself, what an opportunist, you know." I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, we got we got China and we got the United States putting out different points of view on their speeches, and here's the president of Russia yeah. just quietly uh -huh. saying, "Yeah, hey, here we are." You know, if you guys need hey, help. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and I uh -huh. thought to myself, you know, this is politics at its finest. You know, Absolutely. all the way around. It's just everybody trying to get their point of view across. Well, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna repeat the game and before 1979. Oh. Well, we don't know. Russia, uh, China, America. <laughs> well, you, you you have to think this. Uh, Russia has a huge problem of pandemic too, right? Um, oh yeah. So um, in China and uh, China's president, you the overall impression of mine when reading his uh, uh, when reading his speech, it's entirely politically correct. It's all correct. It's all politically correct, but there's no substance. Well, th th that's kind of my point. You know, they're all, all these world leaders are checking in with the United Nations, right? And, it, and you're going, 
okay. Uh, they all seem to be politically correct and putting out their own point of view, and nobody's kind of... I mean, I thought the whole idea of the United Nations in the first place was for everybody to listen to everybody and come up to some kind of a plan. Yeah, yeah. When he... You know, when China's president talked about the multilateralism, uh, you know, it's a... It's fabulous. It seems like they really support the idea of multilateralism. But when you, if you put China's action side by side with whatever they talk about, I mean, thinking about their building the islands on the South China Sea, what kind yeah. of multilateralism is that? Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well they're, ta they're talking about the uh, uh, carbon deduction. Uh, well, think about this, a carbon deduction, right? And China, uh, out of the uh, top 20 most polluted cities in the world, you can't 16 see a, of them are in China. You can't see across the street on some days in Shanghai. But yeah, you know, uh, one day when in San Francisco, the weather actually in China, Beijing and Shanghai, they have so many days like this. Yeah. Because I saw the, I sent a picture in the WeChat and the people in Shanghai, my friend, there, they said, oh, you know, really? He said that this is in Shanghai all the time, in Beijing. <laughs> Yeah, 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 really. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, talking about China's uh, uh, pollution, I have uh, actually, Joe. Have you guys ever heard of uh, a term called APEC blue? <laughs> you, you heard about it? Yes, APEC blue. Yeah, APEC, APEC blue. blue. A, a few years ago, the APEC Asian Pacific Summit was uh -huh. held in China yeah. in Beijing, yeah. right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. so uh, they actually, when the the uh, representative from all over the world, different countries, they see blue sky. Yeah. They saw blue sky, and yeah. and guess how they how they make it happen? I know how they make it happen. Yes. They turned off all the factories around Shanghai. <laughs> for yeah, they stop, right. and uh, yeah. also the traffic. The people can go out. Yeah, yeah. So people no cannot go out to the yeah. street. All the yeah, universities, offices, and factories closed. Yeah, they just all can artificially make a 2008 Olympic. I went there right after Olympic, so it's blue sky, and then months later, turn. Yeah, pollution comes yeah. up. and then <laughs> twice in Ken, I yeah. went the second time. They have a war expo in Shanghai also because they stopped most of the factories, and then the people can't even go out. They had to stay home. Amazing. That's right now, like a pandemic. Yeah. So no traffic. So make the air It's to put a show to show the people. Yeah. Blue yeah. skies in China. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're a little uh, late on the commercials. We'll be right back on China Uber Alice. Ad paid for by Yes on 22. Save app-based jobs and services. A coalition of on-demand drivers and platforms, small businesses, public safety and community organizations. Committee major funding from Lyft and Uber Technologies. Times are tough. A pandemic. Historic unemployment. So what do Sacramento politicians do? Pass a new law trying to make it illegal for rideshare and food delivery drivers to work as independent contractors. Politicians are taking away drivers' right to work how they want, putting hundreds of thousands of drivers out of work, and threatening to shut down rideshare and delivery services. At the worst possible time. That's why we need Prop 22. Yes on 22 protects drivers' right to work as independent contractors saving hundreds of thousands of jobs. Yes on 22 is supported by the overwhelming majority of drivers by a 4 to 1 margin. And by the California Small Business Association and the California Peace Officers Association. They all urge you to vote Yes on 22 to save app-based jobs and services. 
Chef Ben here from the Back Nine Grill and Bar. Come and get our fully loaded pulled pork skins. Giant potatoes filled with pulled pork, sour cream, red onions, cheddar cheese, smoked bacon, and topped with chive. Served with our homemade ranch dressing. See you at the Nine. Do you need backup power as part of your emergency plan? During an outage, a backup power source can keep the lights on, help medications stay refrigerated, or power life-saving medical devices. Learn more at safetyactioncenter.pge.com. Do you think local first? Join the Think Local First team during these unprecedented times as we support our local businesses through advertising and the Think Local First radio show. Come join our Think Local First sponsors, Bruno's Bar and Grill in Scotts Valley and Bloom Organics in Watsonville as we embark on making this a better community for all. Join now at thinklocalsantacruz.org or contact Cami at ksco.com. Think Local First radio show is every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. on KSCO. Think Local First. back on China Uber Alice and uh, well you know this this topic is both frightening and fascinating at the same time for me I I look at um, the way uh, these world leaders view what they need to do and what they supposed to do uh, and and what and it's just fascinating to me how it's just so different a point of view well, uh, apparently, uh, uh, without offering any apology for causing the pandemic, uh, China's uh, President Xi actually gave his, uh, his solution how we are going to deal with the uh, pandemic. Basically, his solution is it's to, st to strengthen UN as a UN's uh, United Nations capacity as a globalized war management system. He wants yeah. to really strengthen, you know, the, this uh, globalized economy and and globalized the uh, war oh, management system. Well, that's the communist point of view, isn't it? Let's, oh, yeah. uh, let's make everybody Pretty communists much. and we'll all <laughs> you know, march off together. There well, are more powers. Well, so. So that's what his solution that he proposed, and apparently, uh, and he want to be a leader and for the lifetime leader, unlimited term for the world management. Well, <laughs> maybe that's his ambition. Well, how many? Uh, I I have to think about this. If you want him to be uh, to control the World Health Organization and United Nations, uh, how many more pandemic we are going to see for the for the for the later years or, or you know under his charge? You 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 have to think about that, right? We already have one. We already have one. Tens of thousands of people die, and now one he's a deadly one. Yeah. Yeah, and he wanted to control the, not just the uh, World Health Organization. Now he's talking about to strengthen the United Nation uh, as a globalized war management system. Yeah. That's that. That's just like a crazy. That's just like a crazy. You know, it it does make you wonder um, if if they are indeed uh, behind this. It, it, and it wasn't an accident. Then you have to wonder what the end goal is. It really is. Yeah. That's so that's correct. why we call China Uber Alice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
There you go. China is far more powerful and dangerous than the third rate rising. David in Scotts Valley has called us. David, uh, welcome to uh, the program. Hi, it's a very good show. I, I just want to say a couple things. Um, I think that the, um, the Chinese communists are terrible, and Mao was an unspeakable monster, and I'm glad he's gone. But the question you pose is a difficult one to answer as to uh, Trump and Xi and their, their speeches that they both gave at the UN. You asked callers to say who was right. Neither of them are right. They're both men who have no moral compass and are willing to say whatever they need to say that's expedient for themselves in a given moment. So to suggest that because because the Chinese leader is dishonest, which he is, and I basically consider anything that comes out of his mouth to be some sort of deception, that doesn't equal Trump telling the truth. Well, but even, look, look, I, I have a, a, a personal, quiet little belief of mine that, you know, if, if someone has... Uh, risen to being a politician in any country or, or for that matter, at, at a lot of levels, um, you know, they're, they're in it for something good for themselves as well as for who, whoever they're, they're elected by. And so I, you know, I kind of understand that, you know, that when you're running for president in any country, uh, you, you're doing it for the good of your country, but you're also probably doing it for yourself, too. And so I, you know, I'm not going to discount uh, uh, any of these leaders for their for their <laughs> their motivation. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I, I think that w we we have to trust the people that are that are leading us at least to a point because they are the ones we've put there. Well, at least uh, if you really read the President Trump's speech and he talked about the peace between the Israel and uh, two Arabian countries, that's, that's a history making, right? That's a history making. It never happened before. And also the, the, the peace treaty between uh, Serbia and Kosovo, that's history, peace history making, making too, right? Yeah. And if we do have uh, uh, the uh, Afghanistan deal work out, that's another piece, you know, uh, history well, making. Well, certainly getting us away from war is a good thing. There, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I just wonder if we're not entering a different kind of a, of a war situation around the world. Well, who is starting is, the I mean, war? we're all fighting the same enemy right now worldwide. Well, it's true. I mean, pandemic is an enemy, but who yeah. caused it, right? But then we, we had to defend whether we stand. Yeah. If we don't do that, we're going to lose. And think about this last Friday uh, when, when uh, the United States Undersecretary Keith Crack visited Taiwan, meeting Taiwan's president. Uh, mm -hmm. He was actually mm -hmm. the, the highest official uh, from the United States visiting Taiwan after 1979. Now, that day, the China sent 16 uh, fighter jets and two bombers across the center line of Taiwan Strait mm -hmm. and approaching yeah. Taiwan. And it, they have not been stopped doing that in the last few days. They are not mm -hmm. there. So... This is this is the threatened yeah uh, real, the real, part real of this. tension yeah real well, yeah they've they've raised yeah. the tension level quite a bit David yeah. uh, what do you think on the question C could you yourself answer the question uh, I mean our uh, which point of view do you think we ought to try to follow I think if we're sane and we're rational neither I think we're we're talking about two individuals 
who are truly dangerous because they're so willing to bend the truth for their own selfish uh, uh, desires. I think, you know... So it, what's the alternative a, then? If, if we can't trust uh, the Chinese president and, and you say we can't trust the American president, then who, who, who do we look to? The United well, Nations? First, first, of all, first of all, if you want Russia. my honest response, we need, we need to do two things. We need to decouple our economy from China, and I agree with you guys about that wholeheartedly. For, for many reasons, we need to decouple from China. But we need a new leader. We need a leader in this country whose words actually represent the truth. That's what we need, because that's what democracy is about. Democracy is about the truth, not about who's more of a liar or who's less of a liar. Democracy is about the truth and the will of the people as reflected in their leadership. Well, David, we appreciate the call and your point of view. Thank you. I uh, I don't know uh, I don't know where to go with that, so I'm just going to go to another call. Um, let's go to Jim in Santa Cruz. Jim, you're on KSCO. Thanks for calling. Hi there. I just have a question. If there's so many people that oppose the communist government, why don't the people of China overthrow the communist government? Well, we've asked that in in previous programs, and really, the Nansu and both Nansu and Amy have come see because I don't, you know, I have a different point of view, right? I'm I've I've never lived under communism, and and Amy and and Nan have explained this to me both on and off the air that once you're in a communist country and you're you're psychologically motivated by the government, you're, you you turn out to be brainwashed. Um, you 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 lose the will collectively to overthrow the government. Well, the, the communist government basically control all the resources. So if you want a successful career, you have to be part of them, right? They control all, yeah. pretty much all the opportunities. So so they control all the resources. They control all your opportunities. So. Um, yeah, but you guys have numbers. Like, there's millions of Chinese people. Right, yes, but they're I, all under the thumb. They're all under the well, government thumb at the same time. See, that's why I keep you, bringing... You're making, you're making the Chinese people sound like they're a bunch of robots, and that's that's not that's not speaking very highly of the Chinese people. Well, think about Chinese people come <laughs> to the United States. They are all very successful, right? Once you change the environment, they all of a sudden change. And, yeah, and that's why I keep, uh, I keep uh, really uh, bringing up this issue uh, in the last uh, program. Uh, we need to think about this, uh, how to collapse and communist but that's not very That's not very patriotic to leave your motherland to uh, no injuries reported there. Uh, two vehicles involved there and units are on the scene. In Santa Cruz, Los Altos Drive at Gay Road near the Seascape Golf Course. We have traffic hazard reported there. And it actually doesn't say what it is, but um, units are en route to the scene. And in Santa Cruz as well, Highway 9 at Pool Drive, we have a traffic hazard reported there as a vehicle with a flat tire. Driver still in vehicle, it's blocking the southbound lane. Taking a look at Highway 17 up and over the summit, that is accident free and moving at the limit. Highway 1 coming off the fish hook southbound, you'll find a patch of slow and go. Uh, from approximately Morrissey through 41st Avenue. Highway 101 southbound. 
you'll find slow and go traffic between Coyote and Madrone. Your Central Coast forecast for the Monterey Bay. Let's get that sounder going again. Uh, for the rest of the afternoon, we're looking at sunny skies. High of 77 degrees. Well, we've already beat that. Tonight, mostly clear with an overnight low of 54 degrees. Tomorrow and through the rest of the week, sunny skies with uh, temperatures in the mid-70s to the mid-80s through Monday. Right now, outside the KSCO studios, it is 81 degrees. Now, we return to the second hour of China Uber Alice on KSCO. Well, let's start the second hour with uh, sort of an apology. I looked at the clock wrong and thought I had two more minutes at the top of the hour, and it turns out... We are right there. We were right there. We were in the middle of a, a discussion, uh, and we were trying to explain why the Chinese people have not, uh, you know, jumped up in rebellion already and, and taken their country back from the communist Chinese. Easier said than done. I think uh, Nan and I were talking uh, off the air, uh, and, and we, you know, we have a great example just off the coast of Florida. Uh, why did not the Cuban people overthrow the Castro family and take their country back? Uh, why have not the people in Venezuela done the same thing to, you know, their dictator leaders there? Why mm -hmm. is why is Russia still the way it is? I mean, you can go on and on. There, it is a yeah. similar phenomena. And and most of Americans do uh, do not understand is here we have a patriot we love this country and we love the freedom and we love the the principles set by our founding fathers right that's what we all love to America it's but if you live in China ever the day ever you uh, ever since you're born as early as you start remember things yeah you're going to mm -hmm. you're going to be told. The, the Communist Party is the only savior of China. Yeah. Okay. The, no, no, it's the only the, you, you will not, you will never get a chance to differentiate the Communist Party from your country. The country is a party, the party is the country. Uh, yeah. I'll give you an example. You probably can still uh, Google it, uh, the pictures of 2011. That's the uh, 70 years, well, I'm sorry, that's a 90 years anniversary of Communist Party. Communist Party in China was established in uh, 1921. Right, so 2011 was the, their 90 years anniversary. You see all the religious leaders across the board. They are they're, they're Catholic uh, priests, uh, fathers, and then some uh, Taoist monks, Buddhist monks, Muslim. Uh, <laughs> all these religious yeah. leaders, they all gather together. They all together sing a song. Sing. The Communist song. Party is the only <laughs> savior of China. So what do yeah. you what do you do in that kind of a system? They control everybody's mind. They control everybody's mind. And the ones they don't control end up like Amy and you. They yeah, get, they yeah, leave. Um, right. So I had to uh, escape. Otherwise, you're in jail and executed. No more. That's it. So That's so. Do. I think that in the Western world now, because of China, it's really become the threat of the security and freedom and democracy of the Western world. We truly need to uh, need to think about uh, if we will continuously help the regime to become 
richer and more powerful because uh, you think think back in 1991 in Soviet Union when the regime really uh, near its collapse. That's when the people start rising up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I don't know if we answered the question, but at least we explained what's going on. I think let's uh, go. Let's yeah. go to our uh, next caller, Roy. Roy. Rory in Roy. Watsonville. Rory, are you in Watsonville today? I am actually. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> great, great show. And uh, I, I just wanted. I, what prompted me to call in was the caller two callers back that said, you know, he didn't like G and he didn't like Trump because they're both not telling the truth. Well, I couldn't disagree more. The evidence is that our president is telling the truth. And I challenge that individual to give me evidence in this arena when it comes to China and their responsibility with allowing this virus to stay under wraps for as long as it did and allowing it to spread uh, whether it was man-made out of a lab or not, they knew about it and they let it spread. And uh, I know a Chinese colleague, I, I don't know, I think he's a U.S. citizen now, but he's from, he's from that Hubei province. Well, he didn't even know. He went waltzed into Wuhan in the middle of January to go visit family. He had no idea what was going on. Well, the fact that so they, they let kept... him go back to Wuhan while the pandemic was in, ex- in no- and didn't tell oh, anybody yeah. is, is the clear telling no he didn't know he got the hell out of there as fast as he could he told his wife don't come uh they both got the virus they both recovered it was not a big deal well it wasn't life-threatening and they were well they were fortunate and all that good yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i amy i think i mentioned that to you i mentioned one time there yes uh, Uh santa cruz but the point is our president is forthright say what you want about his style he gets right to the point. He doesn't waste anybody's time. He gets right to the point. And so I just wanted to put that out. I mean, you yeah. know, you could have a whole show on it. You but. you reiterated my point. You know, the, the length, if you look at the written texts of the two presidents' speeches, uh, there's mm-hmm. one that's way more direct than the other one. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah. well yes. it's more substance. So, I think our president's yeah. speeches really get to a lot of substance, right? All yes. these peace treaties yeah. achieved. Straightforward. This is a historical. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Straightforward, forthright. And the, the other thing. And the, go ahead, Amy. No, no. I just say that the, the, the caller, I tried to ask him which part of a, a Trump speech is not true. But I'm going to get a chance. Yeah, well, but, uh, unfortunately, I, I, I looked I, I, at the clock wrong. Like Nobody had a chance You know, you say one. somebody, I don't trust him. I don't believe he tell a lie. So which one is a lie? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he'll call back. I, I would like week. to know, you know. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, <laughs> the other caller, you know, how many, remind everybody, how many members in the Chinese Communist Party? Uh, it's uh, more than uh, 90 million right now. In China. <laughs> so whoever that, the last caller, think about that. You know, you can figure out the percentage vis-a-vis, uh, what, a 1.2 or 1.3 billion people. Yeah, so it's only 90, those guys, 90 million. It's not those even guys close. Can, <laughs> well, they control it like yeah. because they can hand out favors. They can pay people off. They have a oh, whole yeah. system yeah. of uh, patronage. You know, we used to call it political patronage. And you're paying people off to look the other way. Do this. Go do well, my dirty work, right? And well, I, yeah, yeah. And, and look, let's 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 not 
sugar-coated, okay, Rory? We know that this type of activity also happens in other countries around the world, of including course. our own, human including nation. democracies. Yeah. It does happen. It's, it's consistent with a fallen human condition. The, the challenge is for any nation, whether it's the United States or any other nation, is to keep that to a minimum. Right. Okay, that's why we have grand juries. We have laws. Everybody understands the rules. Nepotism is supposed to be, you know, frowned upon, not done, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But corruption, it'll creep in. If you don't deal with it, it metastasizes and spreads. So the only other thing I wanted to say, I'll never forget, I did not read the book. It's the, and I'm sure your guests or your host, host your, your program leaders there are familiar with The Rape of Nanking. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I never forget, I did not read the book. I skipped, skimmed through it, but I looked at the pictures, and I'll never forget there was one solitary Japanese soldier standing there with his rifle and his bayonet on his shoulder, not even presented, surrounded by Chinese. Nobody lifted a finger against that guy. They could have taken that gun and beat him to death. So there's, I think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's been such a long time of tyrannical rule in China, the people are almost docile, and they're afraid to lift a hand. Well, that, I think Whereas, you hit the you you've used the correct word. They are afraid to fight back. Yeah, yeah. in uh, that's World War II history. Yes, uh, uh, yes, that was thirty-seven. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I I I don't know, Nan and Amy, is that is that fair to say? I I, I think I, uh, he, it, it was a pretty fair statement. Yeah, I think okay. that was and a pretty I, fair statement. But once, once your average Chinese citizen either tastes freedom in China, and let's pray that that happens, they'll throw off the communists, or they get out, they taste freedom, they realize, I don't have to live on this like this. And there's a famous saying, I'd rather die on my feet than die on my knees. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, that's kind of an American attitude. Well, actually, that, and, uh, that statement came from uh, a famous Mexican bandito. Yeah, that's but it's wonderful. been adopted by yes. uh, that's a wonderful uh, line. Thank North you Americans. for bringing that up, Th- Rory. Thanks for the call. We're we're Thank up against guys. the uh, clock here. Yeah, take care. Good All right. show. Bye. All right, uh, you, uh, let, let's take the uh, break, or you want to take one more call? Okay, let's take one more call, and we'll do uh, that with Zach. Zach, you're on KSCO. Hey guys. Hi. I just want. I'll be real quick. Um, I just wanted to say maybe um, another part of the problem of people not going up against the current CCP in China is because it's a one-party system. Now, if I got mad at Gavin Newsom, I can write a letter to, to Daddy Trump and say, hey, uh, Gavin Newsom's making me angry, and Daddy Trump will write Gavin Newsom a letter and say, you better not make my constituent angry. No, he won't do that. But, you know, <laughs> I wish. But you know, there's there's another uh, there's another avenue you could walk upon in China. It's one avenue, one big avenue, right? Yes, so that's, that's a lot right. harder. It's a very good point, Zach. For, oh, one more thing, good please. Point. Uh, uh, thank you for getting over here to America and telling your story. I wish more people could do the same. There's plenty of room here in America. That's my view. Well, Zach, thanks for the call thank and you, uh, nice sentiment. We appreciate that. Yep. We're yep. gonna take uh, we're gonna take our. Uh, a break, and then we'll uh, be back. Uh, we're going to get our, our guest online for our second uh, segment. And so hang on. We'll be right back on China Uber Alice. 
challenging, but ZipRecruiter makes it fast and easy. We talked to Monica Starks, who needed to hire for a pivotal role at her company, GS Group. As the owner of a construction company, finding the right people is a very difficult task. So I use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies the right people for your job and actively invites them to apply, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. Monica did, and that's how she found Lamont, her new project superintendent. The job is so perfect for me. I had a career breakthrough. I would have never found this job if it wasn't for ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, we've hired everyone from accountants to project managers to field scientists. With ZipRecruiter, we get hiring results. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. User-friendly computing is Santa Cruz County's top-rated IT service and solutions provider since 1993. Here's why. Service and repair. Whether it's hardware, software, servers, or a workstation, we'll fix it or find you a new one. Managed services. Optimize and protect your infrastructure with 24-7, 365 proactive monitoring. Cloud solutions. Cloud IT is the future of small and medium business technology management. Website design. Engage customers and grow your business with tools to update your own content. Backup and recovery. Ensure business continuity with a comprehensive backup and disaster recovery plan. And finally, security and compliance. Advanced security systems help protect your data and keep your business up and running. There's only one place to go for all your computer and IT solutions. User-friendly computing, 505 River Street in Santa Cruz. Give Peter and his friendly staff a call at 831-423-9653. And be sure to tell them you heard about it on KSCO. If you're... Has that ever happened to you? Well, the engineers at ZBS Studios have designed the perfect solution for bad reception. Sleek, compact, and lightweight, the KSEO app is easy to see, easy to use, and it downloads in less than a minute. Just go to the App Store on your smartphone, type KSEO into the search window, and you'll start enjoying your favorite radio station and crystal clear digital sound. No more bad reception. Download the free app today. This is Dean Sutton, Law of the Land. Give me a call. I'm a lawyer, but you can like me anyway. We have a call-in talk show Thursdays from 8 to 9 on KSCO. You get a chance to talk to a lawyer. No fancy lawyer, office, no coffee, no bill. Give me a call, and we'll try to answer your questions. You can call in with comments. You can call in with questions. We have uh, talk about events of the day. Law of the Land, Thursdays from 8 to 9 on KSCO. You get a chance to talk to a lawyer on the air. We're back on China Uber Alice. Um, Nan Su, Amy Howe, and myself. We're going to go to our guest in just a moment, but first we want to. We have uh, someone who's been waiting uh, to talk to us, uh, and that's uh, Dick. Uh, Dick, thanks for waiting. We appreciate the uh, the patience yeah, you hi. have. Yeah, uh, I've been wanting to ask uh, your show this question, um, and maybe it's been repeated. I haven't listened to every show of yours, but. Uh, Basically, um, I don't know if you're, um, uh, if you guys have heard, um, uh, it was, uh, on the Carlson show, there was a defector from the labs over in China and she yes. had, yeah, yeah, she Dr. Was a doc Yen. yeah, Dr. She was Yen. Dr. Dr. Yen, Dr. Yen, the doctor. Yes. 
And she made the statement that it was her opinion or her experience in the whole matter that China released the virus on purpose from the lab. So I wanted to know if you think that's true and then why. Well, first of all, uh, if you ask me, I first of all, I uh, basically convinced that China, that uh, the coronavirus was man-made in the lab. Now, uh, at the beginning, I didn't think there was was a purpose released. Uh, you know, not killing. on purpose. Yeah, not on purpose. But however, uh, uh, ever since Dr. Yan said that she had more evidence, because I I I look at her history, she was one of the insider in that circle. Mm -hmm. So I'm just waiting for more evidence to come out and uh, and think about the, the the history of a chinese uh, government killing people they actually i'm not sure if you guys heard of a, a forced organ harvesting oh yeah uh, they they, oh, they yes. take the organs they kill the uh, uh, yeah. prisoners Prison. from conscience and sell their organs so it's thinking about the history of that um i think if we have uh, evidence and we need to pursue to hold Chinese regime accountable for doing that. I, I had one, one question then. If you or, or your, your associate there think that, well, if it, if it is true, if, they, if, they, if you are convinced or there's enough evidence to show that they intentionally uh, released some crazy uh, engineered um you know that, that it was it was described as a very unusual virus um mm -hmm. by the uh doctor the scientist uh yeah. and if you believe that uh why can you give me reasons why they would do that well look at what it i mean the the answer is obvious my friend uh, look at how the entire world has had to react it slowed down no, worldwide mean, economies. Well, it did all kinds they, of stuff. Right. I, 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 they have a my first thing into my mind is to destroy the United States because yeah, we are the too. biggest enemy. <laughs> of um, I the think that they want. Yeah, that's China. true. And then they want to control the world. Yeah. So that's part of a, a biochemical weapons. Right. So, well, we, so, we, we, we need more fats on yeah. that part. We are good yeah. people. I, I believe and, a judgment yeah. day were coming soon. We, we will have more facts, I think, as we go. Dick, I appreciate the call. Yeah. We're going to move on to our guest, okay? Thank you. Thanks for calling. And there you go. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, a discussion. Thank you for yeah. calling. And then we are we, going to move on. I, to... I would like for you, because, look, I'm going to just speak the truth here. Uh -huh. My, my pronunciation pronunciation of Chinese is not all that great. So, okay. I'm Nansu, I'm going to ask you to introduce our guest, if you would. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, we're going to have uh, our special guest today, uh, who, Zhang Xie, who is the uh, president of Love Taiwan Association. Is that last name Xie? Xie, yes, last name. Last name. So, yeah, Mr. Xie. Uh, yeah, Mr. She. Oh, we, okay. I would just call him Zhang. He, uh, Zhang. I, I know him for... Uh, quite a bit of time and uh, in our last program we have a lot of uh, uh, callers uh, calling in uh, and discussing a uh, discussion about Taiwan and John it, it 
it's a gentleman who did a lot of research on the history of the change, uh, the history of change of Taiwan's status, uh, as well as the history of the U.S.-Taiwan relation. Um, so we're going to have a little history history lesson from him, and and he's going to try to bring back a lot of a lot of history that we have we Americans have long long forgotten. So John, hey, how are you, John? I'm fine. Hey, hello, friend. Uh, I haven't seen you, but it's my honor to be on your show. Oh, good, good. Uh, yeah, uh, we. I my my personally understand the two biggest thing that impact uh, in the history that impact Taiwan's status was uh, 1895 the Simonos Treaty. Uh, in Chinese Ma Guan Tiaoyue that signed between Qin Dynasty and Japan and following the Sino-Japanese War that Qin Dynasty lost Taiwan to Japan and in 1951 that um, uh, San Francisco Treaty uh, by signing that treaty Japan lost its sovereignty and control of Taiwan so starting from that uh, would you tell us more about the historical background of Taiwan's its own status and as well as the U.S.-Taiwan relationship? Of course, this was a good uh, chance to explain to most of the uh, Americans they really don't know uh, the relationship between Taiwan and United States. Actually, uh, you just mentioned uh, Taiwan was belongs to uh, Qin Dynasty, and at that time, 1895, China, uh, well, the Qin Dynasty, they lost a war with the uh, at the uh, Sino-Japan War, and so they ceded permanently. The uh, uh, Taiwan, the, they called Formosa and Pescadores, called Peng, Peng Fu. In, in modern language, now they say Taiwan and Mingfu, uh means the Formosa and Pescadores to Japan, and that is back into 1895. Uh, it, it, well, the uh, eight, 1941 uh, December 7, well, the Pearl Harbor, uh, Japan they bombed Pearl Harbor, and on the same day it happened something in the uh, Philippines. And Philippines, you know, that due to the time difference, uh, December 8, it's in uh, uh, Pacific time, I mean, the, uh, in the Asia's time. So the December 7, it's uh, ha ha uh, Hawaii's time. So actually, almost the same time, Japan, they bombed two areas, okay? Pearl Harbor and also the Subic Bay. And that caused the uh, General MacArthur a big defeat because the uh, General MacArthur had a long history in the uh, Philippines. At that time, the uh, Philippines still belongs to uh, United States uh, territory, or, or let's say the Commonwealth. And, <clears throat> the, and, and the, the um, Mac, uh, Mac MacArthur was assigned uh, there uh, to take care of all the defense. But unfortunately, uh, the attack, it's all in the southern. So the uh, the whole war, I mean, the United States, they start to 
pay attention to, hey, where's this aircraft come from? Actually, come from Taiwan. So you mean the you mean actually Japan send uh, uh, air force uh, uh, send the plan of their air force take taking off from Taiwan and attack the American military base in Philippines. Correct, exactly. So they, they took off the airplane in in uh, you know based upon the geographic is so close to Philippines. So if you fly all the way from. Uh, the uh, uh, Japan's uh, continental, it, it's, it's too far. So it's a good uh, middle way, the, the good stop uh, to get everything prepared there, and all of a sudden they attack uh, uh, Philippines. So just, uh, I believe the attack maybe just in the whole morning, less than a day, and it's done. So uh, General Michael Arthur was first time being defeated and then he had to leave. Uh, uh, had to, had to leave the uh, Philippines. So he, I, I believe we all remember the famous uh, <laughs> language. He said that I shall return. That is mm-hmm. back in uh, 1942. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, uh, of course, during the uh, the struggle between the. Uh, uh, chief of staff, and they had a different strategy to how to counter back uh, to to uh, attack Japan. So there's a, a several suggestions. One uh, party said, yeah, we should uh, uh, jump over, uh, escape the uh, Philippines, and take over Taiwan or the, uh, the uh, Guam or the other area. But General Mark Arthur strongly uh, convinced and insists they should, uh, the Americans should uh, take over, uh, attack the uh, uh, Philippines, uh, take it over. So finally, in 1944, of course, there's a lot of discussion. I just got it short, okay? So um, 1944, finally, uh, Mark Arthur kept his uh, promise and back to uh, Philippines. And he told the Filipinos, said, hey, I am returned, although I am a little bit late, but I am back. So that, that's the, uh, the first part of the uh, relation. Uh, the Taiwan mean, uh, atten- pay, uh, cause attention to the uh, United States. But the, after, after uh, World War II, I mean, the, uh, you know, go to the 1945, uh, once the, uh, <clears throat> the U.S. had the two uh, uh, the, the bomb to uh, uh, Japan, um, Kawasaki, on, <clears throat> and then two uh, automatic uh, bombs. You mean the nuclear bomb? Not the nuclear bomb at that time. Atom bomb. Oh, it's a... Atom bomb. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Atom bomb, no nuclear. Okay. Yeah, at that time. Atom bomb, bomb. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bit different, yes. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know that. So at that time, uh, Japan, the imperial, they, they had the unconditional surrender. That's uh, on the uh, uh, August uh, 15th of the 1945. On the 17th, uh, uh, President uh, Truman had approved one of the uh, proposals. They call the uh, general order number one, 
Okay. So under the general order number one, uh, they deliver on the day uh, the uh, ally, which means the uh, general MacArthur on behalf of the, the whole ally, to accept the instrument of surrender on the September 2nd, 1945. In the meantime, they deliver the, uh, uh, the general order number one. And the general order number one clearly uh, indicate, say, uh, all the Japan's um, uh, military should surrender to uh, which uh, 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 district uh, commander. They said uh, China, <clears throat> except the uh, northern east part, and then Taiwan, and then the, uh, like, uh, Vietnam area, they had to surrender. They put the name, the, all the, the rest of the area, they put just the uh, uh, title. But the, uh, uh, the first, the, in the Article 1, and the, uh, they named say should surrender to the uh, Chiang Kai-shek. So clearly uh, in, in the general order, I mean the United States, they separate Taiwan to China. They are very clear already. This is back in 1945. Unfortunately, China uh, had a civil war in 1949. In 1949, and the uh, was kicked out by Communist China, Mao Zedong. That's the, the party they are ruling the China now. I guess we all talk about a lot about the uh, China now. Okay, that China PRC we call it Communist China. We call it PRC People's Republic of China. Mm -hmm. They kicked out the Chiang uh, 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 Kai-shek, and then meantime they claim because the Chiang uh, Kai-shek uh, escaped to to Taiwan, and then the. Uh, uh, the PRC, I mean, the Mao Zedong's regime, their, their government, accused the United States, say, hey, you invade China, uh, Chinese uh, uh, territory. So they had launched uh, a, a big uh, discussion in the United Nations. That is back into 1950. So in November of 1950, um, at the uh, UN Security Council, the 530th meeting of the uh, Security Council meeting, they had a, had a decision, okay? They, they debate, and then they had a vote, and the, the result is a 9 to 1. The uh, United Nations at that time totally denied the accusation from, from China. That means Taiwan is not part of the territory of, chi of China. Okay, that's very clear, period. But the issue is that the, what we face today, the problem is that in 1971, October 25th, okay, at the time, United Nations passed a resolution they call a 2758. The 2758 means that uh, all the representatives in United Nations 
uh, on behalf of uh, Chiang Kai-shek has to be expelled, has to be uh, kicked, uh, they, they kicked out, okay? They said there's only one China, and not China, people of the Republic of China, POC, the Communist China, is the legitimate uh, government. That's the, that's the, that's the whole, whole uh, uh, resolution uh, state, okay? They have nothing to talk about the relation of China and Taiwan. Because remember, I just mentioned that back into 1950, United Nations already had a decision to say Taiwan not part of China. So in the uh, resolution 275, uh, Two two seven five eight. That decision, that resolution, only decide the the argument between the Communist China and the, they they call it a CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, and the KMT, the Kuomintang's Party. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's that, that's the argument. So you know, from time, you know, from from then, China keep saying that. Uh, they are the only government uh, uh, on behalf of China. That's true, but they keep saying, they keep ask, asking, and keep force all the nation in the world making uh, building up the relationship, political uh, power, uh, political relationship with China has to be recognized. Has to stay that. Taiwan is part of China, but of course this is not true. However, lots of nations in the world they use the uh, skill. Let's say, like the United States, they build other relations, public uh, uh, a political relation with China. They say we acknowledge, but we don't recognize. Okay, it's a big difference. Okay, mm-hmm. they say we know what you talk about. Or whatever you said, that that's your language, but we don't we we don't recognize it. Okay, so, uh, hey John, we are we are coming to the commercial. We're going to take a break. We'll be sure. right back. Okay. Okay. Hi, my name's Duffy, and my specialty is land clearing, particularly clearing land of poison oak. Because unlike most people, I don't get poison oak, but I do get it out of your life, and effectively, efficiently, and reasonably, thank you. I do all the work myself, and you are only paying me, not an army of lazy do-nothings. I work by the job, not by the hour. And you'll be pleased with my work because I have high standards and I take pride in my work. I also know how to maximize output and quality of fruits, vegetables, flowers, and anything that grows in the soil. I'm very good at what I do, and you deserve to know about me. Call me and leave a voicemail. 650-766-7208. That's... 650-766-7208. Oh, yeah. Almost forgot. I'm proud of Trump. The best president we ever had. What's your family eating for dinner? Chef Ben here at the Back Nine Grill and Bar, where you can pick up family dinner that feeds four to six hungry people. Family meals include a full rack of ribs, a whole smoked chicken, pound of pulled pork, and plenty of barbecue sauce. Served with a full quart of baked beans, coleslaw, macaroni and cheese, dinner rolls, pickles, a side of onions, and for dessert, brownies with a pint of Marianne's vanilla ice cream. Call and order your family's dinner about 15 minutes before you want to eat. See you at the Nine. 
KO here, reminding you to catch your KO Sports Question of the Day on Good Morning Monterey Bay. I'll be with Rosie and Alex at 712 and on again at 535 with Dave Michaels on Flight 1080. KO Sports is brought to you by Bay Quality Roofing and Waterproofing. With over 65 million square feet of commercial roofing under warranty, Bay Quality will have your commercial building well covered. Visit the pros at baycualityroofing.com. Thank you for listening to China Uber Alice. Uh, we have our special guest today, John She, to talk about the history uh, of U.S.-Taiwan relationship. John, uh, I have to ask you this uh, uh, straightforward three questions. Number one, uh, there are discussions here about either uh, United States going to have a formal diplo- diplomatic relationship with uh, Republic of China, or uh, Taiwan could be the 51st state of United States or uh, the, another way to do it is uh, uh, Taiwan to become uh, you know different name other than Republic of China so which way you think is the best way to solve this issue it's not that easy okay so we are uh, I just mentioned that the uh, what happened between uh, the China and Taiwan. But I will start to talk about the relation between Taiwan and the United States. So after World War II, it, takes, it took about uh, six years for the uh, ally to sign the peace treaty. Why it took that long? Because the, you know, in World You mean the San Francisco Treaty? Yes. In World War II, there's a two theater. One is the European theater. They end the war in 1944, and then they signed the peace treaty in the uh, uh, 1945. So it took just about one year. Why, you know, in uh, Pacific theater, they ceased fire in 1945 and signed the peace treaty in 1951? Why? And the peace treaty was signed in San Francisco. That's why I get involved, you know, uh, I spent so much time to study this, uh, this uh, San Francisco peace treaty. If you have chance to read uh, the uh, uh, statement from uh, John Dulles, uh, you know, the, the speech, if you, if you listen to his speech, on the September 5th, 1951, that's three days prior to the uh, uh, peace conference, he said very clear the reason it took so long to sign the peace treaty because they kind of concern and then uh, debate who will represent China. Because China at the time, in 1945, is one of the, uh, mem- the members of the ally group, okay? But unfortunately, at that time, no one can officially represent China. Not neither uh, Mao Zedong nor Chiang Kai-shek, because behind them there's a force support them. Uh, at that time, the Russia they 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 support the uh, Mao Zedong, 
And then the uh, uh, United States, of course, they back up the Junkers uh, at the time. So in 1951, they finally signed the peace treaty. And the peace treaty clearly said that Japan renounced all rights, title, and claim to Formosa and Pescadores, which means Taiwan and Penfu. Okay. The rights, title, and claim doesn't mean sovereignty. This has to be very clear, has to be very careful. In the political language, you know, the word used is, means something. Why? Because Japan still holds the rescue sovereignty of Taiwan. Although they have no right to make any decision, any claim against uh, Taiwan, but uh, finally, the uh, the final the Taiwan's the final political status has to be signed. You know, the release paper has to be signed by them. In the in San Francisco Peace, Peace Treaty, uh, several areas mentioned that the uh, United States USMZ United States uh, military uh, force, actually military government is the. Uh, uh, principal occupying power, which means that United States is the uh, uh, principal occupying power to, of Taiwan. So it's clear that today, uh, you know, the people in Taiwan they can function in very democratic way of life, but they are not consider or not accept as a member in the United Nations because they still don't hold the true sovereignty of Taiwan. So, so, so John, let me ask so you that, this. John, so have, actually, so Taiwan uh, is, uh, uh, is a Japan sovereignty or still uh, occupied no. territory of the United States? Hold on, hold on. I have the other question. What's the other question? My, my other question is uh, who, who, who has... Uh, uh, the deciding power on sovereignty. Okay. You know, in history, since uh, 1625, Hugo Grotius, Hugo Grotius, it's, it's kind of like a, 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 a very well-known, or we call it the father of the international law. He wrote a book, the book called the uh, law of peace and war, which means that the, uh, in Europe, in the ancient Europe, okay, there are always war between, you know, nation to nation. But after war, who will own the sovereignty, as you said? Here's the answer. The answer is that the, uh, the sovereignty, you know, the military occupation, whoever occupy one territory, doesn't mean you own the, the title of the sovereignty. It has to be way until the day the peace treaty was signed. Okay? So, in sense, after World War II, the Pacific Theater and Japan lost a war and they, he gave up uh, title right and claim and authorized United States as the principal occupying power to hold uh, technically the language should said he holds the sovereignty of Taiwan, but he doesn't own it. 
United States doesn't own the sovereignty. Why? Remember, there's a, before the end of the World War II, there's a lot of uh, discussion. One famous one is, uh, we call it a Cairo, Cairo Declaration, or Cairo... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that, uh, uh, Cairo pro, uh, decora uh, Declaration, yeah, yes. Cairo Declaration, they call it Cairo de Declaration. And that means that the, uh, they talk about, uh, after World War II, how to uh, settle the, the, uh, the argument and also how to define Japan's territory. At that time, Chiang Kai said, strongly asked, hey, I should get the Taiwan and, and Penghu, which is uh, Formosa and Pescatore, back. Mm. But all the allies agree if one day a peace treaty sign should be, you know, settle, uh, return all the uh, uh, territory. Japan occupied during World War II. That is the key point, okay? No one allowed to expand, extend the territory from, from the... Uh, from but the but so, Taiwan was not okay. occupied by Japan in, uh, in World War II. It was occupied, but was taken by Japan way before World War II. Exactly, exactly. So... The, in inside the San Francisco Peace Treaty, stay very clear. If you had a chance, you open it and look at the Article 10. It said Japan not just give up the all the rights and and the uh, privilege in China uh, from World War II, even from World War One, even pull over forward to the 1901, okay, 1901, remember, at the time, uh, there's a war that a ally... That's a box war, that's a box war. Yeah, box war, yeah, right, <laughs> the box war, it looks very similar to the situation we face now, okay? Yes, the revolution. <laughs> All the now joined together, and China uh -huh. making a big trouble. So at that time, they signed a, a peace, also a peace treaty. So the peace treaty is 1901. Running out of time, can you, can you make it a little shorter? Okay, all right. So get it short. Japan did not uh, give up the uh, San Francisco, uh, uh, Shimono Shiki's uh, treaties of right, okay? So that means that Taiwan is still owned by Japan. And uh, San Francisco Peace Treaty said it very clear uh, United States is the principal occupying power. So this is a critical two point. And if you want me to give you more detail, you have to give me more time, a lot of time. So basically, uh, John, so basically, John, uh, can I John, ask you a question? Uh, yes. A practical question, very practical, okay. Uh, for the last 30 years, lots of Taiwanese people went back to mainland China to reunite with their long separate families. And also lots of people invested in China. And also afterwards, a lot, even some young people then go to back to China and to work there. And so now, uh, eventually, maybe uh, the relationship between the 
U.S. and China and Taiwan went back to 1979, and for that uh, situation, so you think it will impact to the uh, people from Taiwan? Are they going to? Uh, what's your, in your opinion? You think that they should uh, sell everything, go back to Taiwan, or they should stay put, wait until what happens? Okay. Of course, this is still wait until it happens. At that time, um, lots of the uh, we so, so we so far we call it the uh, outlander. Okay, they uh, that those Chinese they came along with the uh, Chiang Kai Shek after uh, World War Two. In I mean after 1949, they believe their hometown is in China, so they uh-huh. kind of the homesick. And so once the China, they open door, of course, they kind of uh, uh, like to go return home. But after they visit their hometown, the people, the, the, the Chinese people, the real Chinese people, don't accept they are Chinese. They say, you are Taiwanese. You are from Taiwan. Okay, hey, John, we're up to the the uh, commercial. We have to go to the commercial right now. We'll be right back. They welcome the money, but not the people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what they told me. Lots of people want to make money. You have money, so welcome. If you don't have money, no. Yeah, yeah, right. Hiring can be challenging, but ZipRecruiter makes it fast and easy. We talked to Monica Starks, who needed to hire for a pivotal role at her company, GS Group. As the owner of a construction company, finding the right people is a very difficult task. So I use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies the right people for your job and actively invites them to apply, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com trial. Monica did, and that's how she found Lamont, her new project superintendent. The job is so perfect for me. I had a career breakthrough. I would have never found this job if it wasn't for ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, we've hired everyone from accountants to project managers to field scientists. With ZipRecruiter, we get hiring results. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. Welcome back to China Uber Alice. And uh, we have a a discussion this afternoon uh, presented by our special guest, Jiang Jiang, who is the uh, president of Northern California Love Taiwan Association. Based on my understanding of what he just talked about, so Taiwan, it's the ter- uh, it's the uh, sovereignty of Japan, and also with the occupy major occupy occupation power from United States. Is that right? Uh, and I understand that right? No, no, principal occupying power. So <laughs> what Taiwan have today, they have the uh, popular sovereignty, and a lot of people don't understand. Even those people in Taiwan. Even the government in Taiwan, they are not quite clear. In political language, popular sovereignty means it's a kind of like a human rights, okay? This group of people entitled to have their own representative to run their business. So 
they elect the president, they have the uh, military, everything. So in a kind of recognition, they should be recognized as a nation. Unfortunately, uh, if you apply the membership to the uh, uh, United Nations, they don't accept it. What they ask is the uh, territory sovereignty. What is a territory sovereignty? Remember, in last section, we I mentioned that the, uh, the law of peace and war. The Hugo Grotius, in his uh, in his book, he said very clear: you had to uh, wait until the uh, peace treaty signed. So, Japan owns Taiwan sovereignty before World War II. It's clear, and no one argued because the uh, Qin Dynasty they ceded permanently to to Japan. Okay, but after World War II, the sovereignty is given transaction between government to government, not personal to one person to the other person. A lot of people in Taiwan, they said, hey, the sovereignty of Taiwan belongs to Taiwan people. That's okay. Uh, John, John. John, you know what? We're going to have to have you back because uh, we've run out of time. <laughs> okay, all right. See you next <laughs> week. Sorry, yeah, it's a long story. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. And thank you, our audience, for joining us for China Uber Alice. Uh, Amy, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? I think that John gave us lots of information, history about how we'll come back next week. We have more questions to ask. Okay, all right. My pleasure. Yeah. All right, John. Talk to you later. Thank you for joining our show. This is KSCO Santa Cruz. Stay tuned for Flight 1080. It's coming up on KSCO.